You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome, Auburn, into this Friday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan LaVoy, and I'm joined by Cam Berry here this afternoon. We have a shortened edition of Sports Call today as we have Auburn softball at South Carolina coming up. 4.45 airtime from Columbia, South Carolina, so we're going to get off there around 4.30 today. Of course, that highlights a big... Uh, weekend of festivities in Columbia for Auburn University as Auburn baseball has a series at number three South Carolina. Auburn softball has a softball series at South Carolina. Of course, the South Carolina softball team not as revered as its baseball team, but nevertheless, <clears throat> excuse me, it's still a de- definitely an important series. So about half a show today. In that show, we will preview a little Auburn baseball. We will talk about the latest quarterback into the transfer portal, someone that I think you're going to want to hear about and I think Auburn's going to have interest in. We'll hit on him in just a moment. We'll also have birthdays and sports, nightly TV guide, as we always do. And, of course, your phone calls on the Auburn Bank phone line at 334-887-341 locally or toll-free at one 9 tiger 9 And a little bit about the NFL draft. We spent a lot of the show yesterday previewing the NFL draft. It did not disappoint last Last night in Kansas City. So we'll recap some of the highlights of that again. Ryan and Cam with you here for an hour and a half today. Cam, how are you? Good, sir. Doing great. Doing great. Enjoying an amazing Friday. Um, Yeah, NFL draft. The Falcons um, picking Bijan Robinson. You know, a lot of people were critical of that uh, in terms of positional value and not sure if a running back in the top 10 or even in the first round is something that's worth it. But Two running backs actually ended up going in the first round, B. John Robinson from Texas, as well as Alabama's um, Jameer Gibbs from from Detroit. So, you know, that's something interesting to talk about, to look into uh, when we're discussing Tank Bigsby and his opportunity uh, today where he will more than likely uh, get drafted in the second or third round. Maybe um, Saturday, early fourth round is, is about as late as I see him going. Um, but if, if running backs are getting picked that high, then – I think that bodes well for for Tank um, getting getting drafted at a, at a decent um, spot, and uh, yeah, you know my Hawks lost last night, game six, tough loss uh, for for my Hawks um, against Boston, but they put up a lot of fight. Excited to see where that team goes, um, you know, in the future with Quinn Snyder, and uh, he's really got those guys kind of humming. You know, I told you that I, I told you I was not expecting much from this Boston series, and I was pleasant pleasantly surprised to get two wins. One of those being in Boston uh, in game five was, you know, very pleasantly surprised that 
that the Hawks were able to put up a fight as much as they did. Trey, another 30-10 and 10 game. You know, struggled in the second half, but still 30-10. and 10, uh, Played his heart out. Just think he was a little tired at the end of the game there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, NFL draft, a lot to talk about. Definitely, uh, we could definitely see some Auburn Tigers come off the board today. Um, Derek Hall. Uh, is definitely one to watch for, as well as Colby Wooden. Um, those two definitely are, are a couple names. And then, like I mentioned before, Tank Bigsby. Those are definitely the three names that, that are um, on watch to probably get drafted today. Um, and uh, the fall of Will Levis, something that we've talked about consistently. And, and he's not even – he wasn't even a, a first-round draft pick. Um, you know, Mel Kuyper, he was his number two quarterback um, – and I, I just a lot of us just never really understood it. it just never made a lot of sense to us. And, and uh, it seems like a lot of the scouts and NFL uh, GMs agreed, honestly, with our sentiments because he was not drafted in the first round. Um, and uh, C.J. Stroud and, and Bryce Young went went before him as well as Anthony Richardson. They went one, two and four. So, um, yeah. And yeah, I'm doing great though. A great Friday and uh, excited to be talking with you. Yeah. A lot to talk about today in a short amount of time. So let's get to it. Uh, we will get into the draft in just a little bit, but do want to start. Won't tease you for long. Want to go ahead and start about that transfer portal quarterback in today. He is Casey Thompson, the Nebraska quarterback. He, before that, he was at Texas for multiple seasons, spent his Third year at Texas as a starting quarterback. Spent this year as the starting quarterback at Nebraska. He has hit the portal. If you listen to Hugh Freeze talk at, again, one of those ambush events yesterday up in Huntsville, he mentioned that there had not really been anyone that fitted what the, fit what they were looking for in the portal yet. But he then said, but we have a feeling in the next day or two that could change. Maybe he knew something that everyone else didn't because the very next day, uh, I would say by all accounts, the best quarterbacks to hit the portal this spring, Casey Thompson, is now in the portal. I expect Auburn to have interest. I believe Auburn should have interest uh, of all these guys that have hit the portal, which, again, there have not been too many of them. We've tried to discuss each and every one that's been relevant here in the program, but none have really gained much traction here. Obviously, Buckner goes to Alabama, and that was a report by Brandon Marcello earlier this week that Alabama and Auburn would have some interest there, ultimately going to Alabama with that Tommy Reese connection. Uh, but now, I guess, uh, patience is a virtue because Casey Thompson, who would be uh, listed above him just in terms of experience and honestly on-field success, he has played pretty good football. He is in the portal now. So Cam, with what K Casey Thompson might have to bring, uh, is this is this the guy? Is this the guy that Auburn should be all in on? And and if they are, if they're able to land him, what would that dynamic be like as he tries uh, to compete for the job in the fall? Yeah, so I, I think uh, Auburn, I agree with you. I think Auburn's going to make a pretty significant push for this guy. Uh, got plenty of experience on the field, especially in the last two seasons with uh, with Texas and Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska, he, he had 2,407 passing yards, 17 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, had a QBR of 64.5. Um, and you know, he can use his legs a little bit, um, probably want to see that used a little bit more. Um, you know, if we were to land him, probably kind of just, um, let him use those legs and, and be a, be a better decision maker. Uh, but he does have the ability to run the ball. Um, I, I do think, you know, he, he 
has 63 completion percentage, so it's really not too terrible. That's something we can definitely work with, um, you know, compared to what Auburn has been dealing with the past couple seasons for sure, uh, especially last season, definitely. Um, so, yeah, it, it's definitely – he's definitely a guy to look for, definitely a guy that's going to come in and compete. Um, if you're Auburn, you got to reach out if, if this is, you know – um, if you're going to be targeting a, a portal QB, it seems like this is the guy because nobody else has really had much traction as, as far as um, who's been in there so far. So uh, if you're Auburn and if you're Hugh Freeze, this is definitely a guy you need to contact and make a move on, um, get him in, maybe get him for a visit as quickly as possible, maybe lock him in uh, so that so that he can get, get started for this for the summer program and uh you know, compete for the starting job. Um, it seems like it would probably be down just to him, uh, Casey per se, or uh, Robbie Ashford. It seems like those two would probably be the two that ends up, you know, being the um, co- competition for the starter. And uh, yeah, he he seems like he's pretty dynamic, pretty exciting, got a good arm. So uh, yeah, that's that's really somebody that that uh, Auburn could most definitely use. Yeah, I, I think Auburn's got to go for this one I, again. Does Casey Thompson is he appealing as appealing as maybe one of the two guys that were in the fall cycle or the winter no. cycle? No, but this guy is markedly better in my opinion than the other guys we've seen in the spring, and I think Auburn I should should absolutely go after him. I know that's going to offend T.J. Finley, but Auburn needs <laughs> to be able to go and get someone that they feel can at the bare minimum compete right. with Robbie Ashford and and even Holden Gurner. And I think Thompson. Look, there's factors that go into play, but given this is a new head coach, I don't think passes experience at Auburn is necessarily much more relevant than it normally would be. Uh, I think it's probably less relevant because you have that coaching change, so everything that Ashford and company did last year uh, to some degree is null and void because of the new stylistic change coming in with Hugh Free. So really, you're only one spring ball behind if you're a new quarterback. You've only had you know, 15 to 20 practices in the spring game behind everyone else. So you're not that far behind, not a full year's worth. And so I think that Casey Thompson would have an excellent opportunity to win the job. Um, Obviously, Ashford's skill set being a runner is always so tantalizing, but he was obviously a sub-50% passer last year. Thompson, as you noted, two straight years of quarterbacking, uh, at Nebraska and Texas, respectively, and he was 63% both years. Obviously, completion percentage is not everything, but good reliability there. In 10 games with Nebraska last year, you mentioned the 2,400 yards. All right, 240 yards a game, so he's throwing around a little bit. Did have 10 picks. That would be the downside. Right. Uh, the year before at Texas, so 24 TDs to 9 picks, which is a ratio you certainly can live with. Uh, 17 TDs to 10 picks last year for Nebraska. So obviously was not a part of good teams. That Texas team he was on was not a very good Texas team. And then obviously the the last couple games of Scott Frost and then the interim on all yeah, that yeah. last year. Uh, so again, not coming from heralded success as a team, certainly. But again, I, I think that when you compare your options and you know that you've got a bunch of guys that all needed to take pretty big strides to become really good uh, college quarterbacks, you've got to to go, in my opinion, and and be aggressive with this guy because you can't guarantee that someone better than him will hit the portal. Again, I know that Grayson McCall's name gets thrown around every so often (sighs) if and when he graduates and might or might not hit the portal. 
But you, you can't wait. Right, you can't. Can. And I, I guess, you know, you can make the argument that Auburn internally and other schools would have a better idea than we do if he's going to ultimately hit the portal. But I think when you read from what Hugh Freeze is talking about, and you, again, you read into what he said last night, that he kind of predicted that a, a quality quarterback would be hitting the portal, I think this is, this is the go time for them. And so does it you know, does it excite every single person out there? I don't think so, but I think it's clearly a step above what has come to the portal in this to this point. I mean, we're talking about other guys that have either not been very right. good in college that were maybe big-time recruits in the past, or we're talking someone like Ben Bryant Cincinnati, who while statistically was pretty on par with what we see from Thompson, Thompson's doing that in the Big Ten and the Big right. 12 as opposed to the AAC. Right. Uh, and so I, I think that this is the target if you're Auburn. It would set up a interesting dynamic going into the fall. Again, you usually tend to side with guys you already have, but again, with only a, a few months of Hugh Freeze under Robbie Ashford and holding Gurner's belt, or, or vice versa, if you want to spin it that way, I don't think that there's a big edge just because of experience, because there's still no actual yeah. game experience right. with this set of coaching staff and and these set of quarterbacks. So I think it would be very fair game to think that Thompson would come in and potentially win the job again. It wouldn't be for certain. It wouldn't have been like a couple of those guys in the winter, but this is the one that. I think that they should got, target. Yeah, I think I they will target. We'll definitely update everyone once we see the school list. But as you said, I wise to try and go ahead and get him in a visit. I'd be curious, and this would be an exercise that would probably take too long, but of other schools in the country, Power 5 schools that are relevant, that need a quarterback as bad as Auburn might. You know, Alabama was obviously not happy with what they saw in right. the spring out of their guys, but they did already bring in Buckner. I don't know if that would necessarily disqualify them from trying to bring in someone else, but it would get very crowded right. very at crowded that point. Uh, and these other jobs, obviously Ole Miss brought in people to compete. Someone <laughs> is, I mean, that that's still ultimately someone's going to come out of there looking good. Uh, Georgia going to have a similar plenty dynamic of, with all that yeah, talent. Plenty of um, I guess Florida would be somebody that right. would still be looking. Yeah. Um, and they they, they have, did not have a great spring game no. either. Yeah, I didn't didn't watch it. I, I don't know if that guy that is projected to be the starter for them is quality bad. Yeah. So Florida might be in play there. Trying to think of some other quarterback situations around the South. At least I know Rattler's back at South Carolina. Obviously, Tennessee's going to go with uh, with Milton. Right. Uh, so, again, off the top of my head, I think Auburn and Florida are probably the two schools that are relevant that need it the most. I, I, you know, admittedly, I don't know what the quarterback situation up at Rutgers is, or, you know, right, or something like right. that. But, I, but around here, I think those are the the relevant situations. So, I think Auburn, if they really pursued this, I think they'd have a, a pretty good shot at, at, at trying to land him. So uh, we'll, we will monitor this and see, and, and we'll, call, of course, update you if Thompson makes a, a visit to Auburn or if Auburn uh, is, is clearly going after him and that sort of thing. But uh, Casey Thompson, quarterback from Nebraska, hit the portal today, someone that Auburn will definitely want to have an eye on. We're going to take our first time, time out of the show. Back with more Sports Call right after this. Stay tuned. You're listening to the multi-time Abbey Award-winning sports call. 
I'm Jeff Whitaker Jr., former Auburn Tigers defensive tackle and national champion, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy and Cam Berry with you here this afternoon. Again, getting off the air about 4.30 today. Auburn softball coming up against South Carolina. We'll update you on some of the SEC baseball and softball standings coming up in just a little bit. But for now, with the short show, let's get right to today's birthdays and sports. It's time for today's birthdays and sports. Birthdays in Sports is presented by Max Credit Union with two convenient locations to serve you. One location on Gay Street in Auburn, the other on Frederick Road in Opelika. Let Max Credit Union help you with all of your banking needs. Barry Larkin turns 59 today, former shortstop for the Cincinnati Reds. Larkin was born in Ohio, played college baseball and football at Michigan. Ohio boy going to Michigan. I really didn't like that. Deciding to focus on baseball as a freshman, two-time All-American, two-time Big Ten Player of the Year. His number 16 is retired by the Wolverines, drafted by the Reds, so right back to Ohio in 1985. and was called up a year later, played 18 years for the Reds, 12-time All-Star, three-time Gold Glover, nine-time Silver Slugger Award winner, and one-time MVP and World Series champion. His number 11 is retired by the Reds, and he is a member of the Baseball Hall of Fame Gary Larkin turns 59 today. Denzel Ward turns 26, cornerback for the Cleveland Browns. Ward was born in Ohio, was a star in football, basketball, and track, winning a state championship in the 100 meters as a senior. Played college football at The Ohio State, where he was an All-American as a junior in 2017, drafted fourth overall by the Browns in 2018, and has played for the team since. Two-time Pro Bowler, he got to stay in Ohio there after going to Ohio State. Denzel Ward turns 26 today. Quan Bray turns 30, former NFL and Auburn wide receiver. Bray was born in LaGrange, Georgia, hey. was a high school All-American, played college football at Auburn, winning an SEC championship as a junior in 2013, spent some time in the NFL, and currently plays for the Ottawa Red Blacks. Quan Bray turns 30 today. And Grady Jarrett turns 30, defensive tackle for the Atlanta Falcons. Jarrett was born in Atlanta, was an all-state selection in high school, won a state championship in the shot put. That makes sense. He played college football at Clemson, where he was an all-ACC selection as a senior in 2014. He was taken by the Falcons in the third round of the 2015 draft and has started for the team since. Two-time pro bowler and one-time all-pro, Grady Jarrett turns 30 today. And those are the birthdays in sports presented by Max Credit Union. Again, Barry Larkin, 59, Denzel Ward, 26, Quan Bray, 30, Grady Jarrett, 30. Cam, you like Grady Jarrett? I do like Grady Jarrett a lot. Is that why they did not take uh, the big boy from Georgia last night? Part of the reason? Uh, I mean, I think it could have played together. Yeah, definitely could have played together. And, and, you know, having Jalen Carter mentored by – um, by Calais Campbell and Grady Jarrett would have been amazing. I'm not gonna lie, but um, 
you know, it's just I think the B. John Robinson pick. I think he was just their best player available. In all honesty, and on their on the Falcons board, you know, I would have been okay with either, um, either or. But um, I, I understand why they went with Bijan. I think he's just he just unlocks so much in the offense, and it's like getting two picks in one. You're getting a wide receiver and a running back because his hands are still very very good. I I've said this multiple times. I think he'll be just like. A Christian McCaffrey esque player, um, in in terms of production and and how he's used on the field because he's so versatile, uh, he can really line up anywhere, and I think that's just gonna help so much with the offense, and he can tote the rock like crazy. So, um, it's gonna be exciting to see what we're gonna do with Bijan, uh, Desmond Ritter, man, you're you're set up, <laughs> you're set up, buddy. You got it. You got all the pieces. You're gonna get Kyle Pitts back. You got. Drake London already, and they have a good connection already. Uh, that that through those four games, so that'll be exciting to see. He switched his number; he's from four to nine now, so he's got his nine back. So maybe that helps with his mojo a little bit. Um, you know, players and their numbers, right? Um, and um, and you know, and then to add Bijan in there, and he's still got Tyler Algier. So there's plenty of weapons. And then signing Mac Hollins and Scotty Miller. I do also expect the Falcons to draft a wide receiver at some point in the draft this year, um, uh, whether it be today or tomorrow. Um, that remains to be seen. I think they might focus on the defense today. But um, yeah, it's going to be exciting. I love the Bijan pick. I get a lot of people talk about the value, but like I said, two positions in one. He is all gener- he is generational, um, and uh, I I can't wait to see it. I can't wait. So the Jalen Car- Carter thing, you know, it just is what it is. And if you're a dog fan, sorry, but it's not that deep. I promise. Go root for the Eagles. Go root for the, the Eagles NFL, exactly. they are because they uh, are sucking up the all the Georgia defensive Philadelphia players. Bulldogs at this point. Yeah, they uh, they scooped uh, not one but two Bulldogs last night between Jalen Carter. And Nolan Smith on the edge. And, again, Smith could have gone as low as uh, mid-teens there. And Carter could have gone a couple spots ahead of where Philly got him at nine. Uh, I, I enjoyed the draft a lot last night. I thought that there were some entertaining developments in, in the trade market there. I thought that we had a good mix of teams making good picks, but a couple of teams making questionable picks. We'll get to that in a second. Let's start with, I guess, what everyone else is talking about, too. If you've listened to this show at all over the last week, maybe even bits and pieces for the last several weeks, you know that there's really no one on this show that was a big Will Levis guy, not a big believer in the Kentucky quarterback. And for the entirety of this process, the reason we kept bringing up, or maybe I kept bringing up just because I couldn't get over it, was that he continued to be in a lot of the draft experts' eyes, a top-five pick really throughout this entire process, and in some eyes ahead of C.J. Stroud on the board. I mean, Mel Kuyper does, in fact, did, in fact, have him as the number-two QB prospect, and I don't think he was alone. And so we go through this whole spring of thinking that Levis was going to go in the top-five, top-ten at worst, and we had 31 picks tonight, or last night, and Will Levis was not one of them. So, I assume he will go very early in the second round, but I want to give some people some credit because for the second year in a row, there was some quarterback discussion, and there was the opportunity to take a quarterback or quarterbacks yeah, way too high. Reach, right. And for the second straight years, 
our second straight year, NFL GMs actually properly evaluated these guys and did not reach for a quarterback in particular. No, they did not. They didn't reach for a quarterback. Um, and, you know, with Will Will Levis being drafted or just not being drafted in this first round, I think, you know, we just kind of came to the conclusion, especially all of us watching him, it was just like, man, he's he's just not as good as we think he is. And we are as, you know, I guess really he's not as good as what Mel Kuyper thinks he is. I really think he's the I, – I really believe that Mel Kuyper has, is the – reason behind the hype that Will Levis got. I truly believe that because he's the only one that had him as high on his board. He's He was Mel Kuyper's number two prospect, really his number one prospect, but I think he got scared off of that in all honesty because he got criticized so much because uh, Bryce Young was clearly the best quarterback in this class. Um, and I thought C.J. Stroud was second best and it really wasn't close. Um, Anthony Richardson, the Colts went with based off potential. And that's totally understandable. Uh, he's going to be in a system where he'll probably be able to thrive and, and do a pretty decent job in an RPO system. Um, and I I thought that he was going to go to Indianapolis. I thought based off what Ursay was saying and all the words that were coming out of their camp out there in, um, in Indianapolis, it just seemed like Levis was picking up a lot of steam and there was a lot of love with him um, in, in Indianapolis. So when when uh, Richardson actually ended up getting drafted there, I, that was that was surprising, but it was pleasantly pleasantly surprising because I'm like, okay, they're they're actually paying attention to the value, and I understand maybe you know Richardson won't be as ready, and it might take a, a year, two years for him to really develop and get comfortable, but. You know, uh, sorry, dude's got confidence like crazy. He's like, I'm gonna be a Hall of Famer, all this stuff, and and you know, no knock, you know. I credit to him, um, and so the Colts felt like they could trust him, and they trusted him over Will Levis, and and all the interviews and the whole process through the draft that that um, that happened there. And so I'm, uh, I'm, I, I think you know we're right about Will Levis. It, it just we just never understood. We just never saw what it seemed like again. Mel Kuyper saw and I told you I I think I think Will Levis should sue Mel Kuyper because he set that man up for failure man he did he set him up to really get disappointed in this draft almost you know I I just don't I just never understood the love um that Kuyper had for him I I still don't um, and even in the draft, they were talking about he, Mel Kuyper was like, yeah, Will Levis is still my guy. He's like my guy. He's my best quarterback in this draft or number two quarterback in this draft. And just didn't see it. I just think Stroud was better. I still think Richardson, based off his potential, will be better. I'm not saying Will Levis will be bad or by any means. I think I think I agree with you, Ryan, that he will get drafted today uh, at some point. But I just I just don't I just don't see it I just don't get I just I just don't get it and I think you're you're right though the uh the uh NFL GM seem to agree and um he's he's not a first rounder let's go to the Auburn Bank phone line for the first time today 334-887-341 locally or toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine first up on the show today Jeff from Columbus Jeff is with us Jeff how are you doing good guys good um uh I know you got a short show. I'll keep it short just so you can get some Auburn fans on here. Hey, um, you were talking about this new quarterback or this transfer quarterback. You say he's already played four years of football? Uh, yes, I, he was at yeah. Texas for three and then Nebraska for one. He has a COVID year uh, remaining. Okay. 
And um, all right, but uh, you were also saying that he played on some pretty bad Texas and Nebraska team. Auburn hadn't played the best football in the past four years. Sure. And who's going to protect them? Your transfers? Where did your transfers come from? So didn't they come? So I think I know where you're going with this, but so did he not produce better than than Ashford did last year? Should you not target a pretty good quarterback just because you might not be able to protect them that well? Well, well, that's what I'm saying. How how? So he's better than what you got is what you're saying. He's not perfect. But yeah, he's definitely better than what you have. Yeah, I, I mean, I believe so. Yeah, I, I believe so absolutely as, well. as a passer. Absolutely, yes. Okay, okay. No, that makes a hundred percent. I just like you say. I mean, uh, it's not really settling because there isn't anything else to do, right? Because the transfers fixing to be over, and and I guess that means you no more transfers. So nobody that comes in after this will be able to play next year. Well, it's not necessarily that. I think it's just Auburn, you know, they, they need to get a quarterback as soon as possible. And, and you know, it seems like uh, Freeze has been waiting, waiting. You know, the spring period has kind of been as – it's been – it hasn't been as active as I think a lot of people as expected. And so with I that – I think he said that. I'm sorry? I think he even said that. Yes. I'm sorry to interrupt No, you. you're totally yeah, fine. I think he, yeah, yeah. Yes, he did and, say that. Um, yeah. So so with that he he just uh I I think when you're waiting for a quarterback and you know they've it's been he's been pretty clear that he wants to go for a quarterback in the portal. Uh he he said the uh, the other night that he was confident that a, a quality quarterback that Auburn would want to target was going to come into the portal at some point and it seems like Casey Thompson is the best one that's come right. in so far and you just can't wait that long, you know, too too long to right. get to get a quarterback in there to really compete for the job. Right, and, and and exactly like, and the thing is, I guess you don't have to keep them if you don't like them, <laughs> or yeah. or he'll transfer out. Right. But, hey, um, quick, Ryan, do you think it's harder to pick a perfect bracket or to pick, even if you knew all the trades, the top fifteen picks in the NFL draft? Uh, I still think perfect bracket. That's that's oh, ridiculous. Yeah. That's like worse than <laughs> trying to win the lottery. Well, I think. With the Detroit Lions still in the NFL, <laughs> I think it's I think it's probably easier to pick the perfect bracket. I I I I am not a big NFL fan, but um, like when the when the announcers like when they have to find film on somebody, you know, and it's the first round, something's wrong. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> linebacker. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, they did it two times. I mean, they took a. Yeah, Jameer yeah, well, Gibbs, twelve. You know, yeah, so it it is it is just crazy, and that's why I said, Ryan, that's where you need to go. If you have GM uh, thoughts and illusions and stuff, head to Detroit right now. You, <laughs> surely you could have done better than that, right? Yeah, I mean, I was not gonna. I would not have made either one of those picks. Yeah, I, I could have at least exactly. not done that. I wish I'd have written down what you all had said yesterday for sure, so I could have kept track because that's that's kind of fun, but. I mean, like you say, uh, Mel Kuyper makes a lot of money for not knowing everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. You think he's much yeah. better than himself? <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. I know. You can't, uh, you can't say anything. You may, uh, he may be interviewing you for a job sometime. <laughs> <laughs>
I, I I'll mean, let somebody yeah. else. I just I don't I don't I don't get the Will Levis thing. I just I still don't. I I have always yeah. since the beginning him being his top number one number two prospect. I didn't see it at Kentucky. He was good last right. year. He just and then this year you know he kind of struggled with injuries, but he still wasn't great. And so for him to be as high as he was, I I did not understand it at all. And I'm not sure if in this draft, if you know, I know at times. People have already, you know, the team's already announced, hey, we're going to take you in the first round, right? I don't know if there's a financial, a binder or anything like that. But unless I had a binder or I was Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, there is no way I'm sitting in that green room. Right. And being John Manziel or Levitt or something like that, that's just got to be the most embarrassing thing in the world, you know, to be sitting there and everybody's just panning on you. You know, waiting for you to go, waiting for you to go. So, yeah, I, um, so like you say, he was Johnny Manziel taken in the first round. And I, yeah, he was, he was. Yeah, it was like 20 yeah. or something John, like that, but yeah. yeah, he was way down there. Okay, yeah. well, I'll let some other people in here. It's good to talk to y'all. Y'all have a great weekend. Yes, Appreciate sir, the phone call, too. Jeff. You too. That is uh, Jeff from Columbus joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Yeah, they were actually showing Will Levis there while, uh, Dude. You guys were talking about him, and well, I mean, I get it. The he, poor man. He, yeah, I feel bad. He is for not him. going again. He is not going to be in the green room tonight. He is going to going to leave Kansas City. I'm not sure exactly where his whereabouts will be, but it will not be at the draft venue. I've seen one or two guys, you know, stick around. They they cherish the opportunity right. to still walk the stage, even if it's not first round. But you certainly can't blame him for for getting out of there after going well. After I mean, again. Most mocks, top five, top ten pick, not even like one of those fringe guys that got invited that could have gone like 18, 20, something like that. So a uh, rough night for Will Levis, but again, something that we we kind of value. That was probably the proper reaction to, to not have him yep. high up there. We're going to take our next time out of the show. When we come back here, we will go back to the Auburn Bank phone line. Again, getting off air about 4.30 today, so we'll be right back after this. We need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. Let's get back to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Feel free to give us a call at 334-887-3401 or toll free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Welcome back to Sports Call here on Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy and Cam Barry with you here this afternoon. Again, a short show, but if you miss any of it, you can check out the Sports Call podcast brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or if you want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy nice cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk, Coca-Cola taste the feeling we did have keith on hold but it appears he has dropped if that was on accident keith uh give us a you know to call back we'll get you on here in just a second uh again big weekend coming up in columbia as auburn baseball and auburn softball on the road dealing with two very different types of south carolina teams one is in the top three or five in the country 
The other is towards the bottom three or five of the SEC standings. And uh, so various kind of lines to, to try, various means to try and find what success is because Auburn softball, they really are in a position where if they keep winning these series, they've got two of the weaker teams in the SEC remaining. If they can go four and two or five and one in these final two two weekends, I feel good about them hosting ultimately right. uh, a regional here in Auburn. If uh, they have a boo-boo, it's going to be bad because if they lose one of these series, these teams are not good. I know South Carolina uh, in, in softball is is probably still going to make the NCAA tournament despite their 7-11 and overall re- or SEC record. They are 32-15 and overall, so it still feels like a tournament team. But 7-11 right. is only good uh, for ninth place in the SEC, so, so not one of the better teams in conference play and then the other series is mississippi state mississippi state will not go to the ncaa tournament they are just three and 14 in the league and 24 and 22 overall they are dead last place so this needs to be a four or five out of six for auburn but it's a great opportunity to do that and if you do do that again feels like top 16 for baseball cam though we've seen tommy vale throw a couple good starts here in a row he is starting tonight for south carolina and South Carolina has just been on a rager in baseball uh, really all season long. They they were one of the few teams not thought to do much right, this year right. in the preseason, and they kind of switch, switched Surprise. bodies with Ole Miss, who yeah. Ole Miss was highly ranked, right. and now they're at the absolute bottom of the SEC, while South Carolina, I believe, was not ranked to start the year, and now they are looking neck and neck with right. LSU Very at the top tough. of this league and in the country. Yeah, the, the South Carolina is looking real, real good. Uh, if you're Auburn, you just want to be able to bring up some surprise. It's almost like the Florida series, right? If you can, if you can get that first game, you know, it, if you can get that first game and get some momentum, I think that'll really be key. Um, just to just to you know bring some surprise a little bit, have your best pitcher. I do not know who's pitching, unfortunately, tonight. Uh, who the starter starting pitcher is? Auburn. It's Tommy. Vale. Oh, it is Vale. Okay, so, will go. Yeah. Saturday. Okay. Okay. So Vale is, is starting. Sorry, I I should have known that. Uh, vale getting this getting the the first uh, first pitch. Um, and then starting it out tonight, he's been your most consistent so far. He's really been shoving. Uh, so, you know, riding him, giving him the opportunity to um, continue his hot streak and, and maybe shut down these bats that South Carolina has um, would be ideal. And if you're Auburn and, and you're the bats, you gotta you gotta connect. You gotta make sure you can, you know, get those runs in and really and really finish innings when you have the opportunity to do so. So. Um, that's really just the key to it and and you know as the as the weekend progresses on just auburn just got to be able to stay resilient as as much as possible 334-887-341 locally or toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine to join us on the show today about nine or ten minutes left here in hour number one so let's go to the auburn bank phone line again next up ward damn steve retire ward damn steve is with us steve how are you doing today hey couldn't feel better because it's friday Fun Friday. Fun Friday. So it's you. Uh, who else is on here, Brent? Uh, me and Cam. You and Cam. All right. Let's get to it, guys, since time is running short. Uh, I heard uh, Jeff talking about uh, some quarterback prospects. Uh, what's your take on him? Uh, the guy that played in Texas and the played the Nebraska Nebraska. last year? Yep. Right. And now he's a graduate transfer. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I think he, uh, yeah, he was a senior last year, so he should have just one more year of eligibility. 
I think with Thompson, he's clearly the, the top guy in this spring portal. I, I did mention that he had not been a part of good teams, not really to belittle his play or anything like that, just to give you the context that, uh, you know, obviously those were those were teams that uh, team-wise did not have a, a lot of success, but he individually put up some of the best numbers of what we've seen in the portal here. I mean, again, 60, off 63% right. of completion uh, for back-to-back years, both at Texas and Nebraska. And beat Iowa last year on the road. Right. Uh, and obviously did have a few turnovers this past year, had 10 interceptions, but overall uh, still you know over 40 touchdowns in two years, uh, over a two-to-one touchdown interception ratio. So, uh, again, uh, compared to these guys that have already been in the portal, I think he's the clear number one option. I do think Auburn needs to target him. But I'm also reminded, I'm sure you know it too, uh, what recently uh, Coach Free says. He says he has not yet found a no-brainer. Right, but he said that yesterday, and he did reference that he believes someone uh, that might be a little bit different was getting going to get in the portal in the next day or two. And then, lo and behold, uh, Casey Thompson gets in the portal. So I don't know if Freeze knew that directly. Kind of sounds like he did. Uh, but I don't think he was referencing uh, a portal that included Casey Thompson when he said that. I did not seen some posters on 247 talking about, uh, and I don't recognize the name, uh, T-U-L-I-A, Tulia? Oh, Talia. Talia, yeah. Tiger, How oh, he? Tua's brother. Yeah, is he very good? Um, I mean, he's he's decent, um, but that is – I don't think that's happening. Um, I've, I know where you're, what you're talking about with that rumor with him transferring. That's not happening. I actually talked to one of uh, one of my friends who went to Maryland, so he's kind of connected with, with that kind of stuff when it, uh, when it comes to sports in, in Maryland and all what's going on up there. Uh, that's not happening. He's not transferring. He's going to stay at Maryland, so he's not going to enter, enter the portal. But I know you're talking about Talia Tagovailoa came down here to his brother uh he was at alabama and then he transferred to maryland he's been their starter for i think three years now um and two years now and um he's he's (laughs) it it is three years because of the covid 2020 okay yeah yeah, yeah, i saw four games like that yeah Um, okay then moving on then uh yeah how about mr tyreen tyreen lawrence is that right they have a transfer uh, are you talk, talking about for basketball from Vanderbilt? Yes. Uh, yeah. With uh, a visit with Auburn, I believe. Um, right, he's here today. Yes. Uh, so, you know, someone six percent from the arc. Right, someone that had not been on our radar until now, and maybe um, uh, you know when you look at him, as you said, a pretty good shooter. Uh, in the past, he had not been. So I'm not going to blanket say that he is an awesome shooter because the year prior he was not, but he certainly improved this year. And uh, that's another guy to add to the equation. He's not really a wing in the way that Cleveland and, and uh, the Texas Tech transfer uh, have been, but uh, he is someone that SEC experience and a double-digit score, so a pretty good player. Okay, and about tonight's games. Uh, I have a lot of, uh, I guess, optimism about a softball team, and then I thought I was going to be somewhat optimistic about I was winning one game. <laughs> I saw these stats, guys. And I said, oh, my God. Uh, I guess you've seen these, too. Uh, but I'm reading right here. South Carolina leads the SEC and ranks second in the country in home runs. Yeah. 92. Okay, and then ranks in the top ten in runs and in walks, which we're really good at, uh, and on and on. So I don't want to bore you with other stats. 
But uh, gee, but neat. Uh, and then an excellent pitching team. Their team, their team ERA is exactly half of what Auburn's team ERA is. Yeah, three point two three. Yep. Okay, so how do we how do we steal a manufacturer or a win here? Well, it's baseball, and so that can work both ways. Obviously, in the past, we've, we've talked about a few teams that have upset Auburn in the midweek, and now Auburn's got you know tasked with, with turning the tables. I think tonight is a real opportunity because of how Tommy Vale has been throwing. He's thrown uh, two consecutive games where he's not allowed to run, and they're going to need him to do something like that again. You know, I, I think that Auburn could be coming and going at the plate. I expect them to have one or two good offensive games, but I do expect there to be a game this weekend where they don't bring much to the table at the plate because South Carolina does have some good arms. So it's about piecing together the right game. There's going to be a, a, a game or two where Auburn hits well. There, there's going to be a game where maybe they pitch pretty well, and the other two they're not going to pitch well. So marrying those two together has got to be their opportunity to win a game. So to win this game, you're thinking we got to score like 3-2, to 2-1? Two, two to one. You know, I mean, this is the game. This is the opportunity. I'll put it this way. This is the opportunity that tonight's game is the opportunity for Auburn to to have a lower scoring game when, when Vale is going. Because Herbal Holtz, I know he had a good game last weekend, but still things went off the tracks. And, and, and once you pitch some of your top bullpen arms in one game, they're – they're not normally going to be as reliable if you pitch them again in that weekend, same weekend. So this is probably the best shot at Auburn having a low-scoring game and keeping South Carolina to just a couple of runs. Okay. And, guys, what do you make of uh, the, the game being not broadcast on regular ESPN uh, channels or even SEC Network, but SEC Network Plus? I mean, South Carolina is highly ranked. I thought they'd be a prime you know, uh, show on regular ESPN channels. Well, some of these games are scheduled way out in front of time, uh, honestly, and that's why there was there was one game. I don't know if it was the LSU South Carolina series or, or Florida was involved or something. There was a top ten matchup that was that was on SEC Network Plus earlier this year. So sometimes it's pre-scheduled like that. But also, I mean, it's just the fact too that Auburn has obviously not had a good season, so that's not going to play. You know, that's not going to help too much. I believe the games they're carrying on TV tonight. Yeah, as a matter of fact, there's a number 15 Kentucky and number 5 Vanderbilt game that's only on SEC Network Plus. So I, I don't really make anything of of this game not being on, on a linear TV station. Okay. And I saw we lost another uh, player, but he uh, obviously was not an impact player. Craig McDonald, a safety uh, yeah, in the transfer portal. Yes, yes. So you probably think it was a mutual agreement? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I'm just looking for a fresh start, just – Part of it now. Okay. All right. Um, that's all I really got, guys. Uh, I hope you guys have a restful and relaxing uh, uh, weekend. And uh, have you uh, talked to uh, Mr. Uh, Brooks Children? Has he returned from his honeymoon yet? Uh, no, he returns tomorrow. And uh, uh, I have talked to him a little bit about the, uh, the Patriots man. draft pick. So uh, he has uh, been chatting a little bit. Okay. When will he uh, be returning to the show? Uh, well, he'll be back at work next Monday, but I think he'll be next on the show next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Okay. All right, guys. With that said, I thank you for your time as always. Uh, my time is way up, so you guys have a entertaining and hopefully relaxing uh, weekend. Maybe we might get lucky and uh, one of those odd, weird things that uh, Tom Peavy talked about might happen on our baseball team. Yes, so, sir. Till Monday, guys. War Eagle, and talk to you on Monday. Have a great weekend, Steve. Appreciate that phone call. That is retired Ward AM Steve. 
Joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line, only about 30 seconds left here in this hour. Again, we are getting off the air early today, getting off air about 4.30 for that Auburn softball game at South Carolina as they try to uh, win another important series. They've won a couple really big series in a row uh, in softball, has starting with a, a home series against LSU, and then last weekend in Tuscaloosa against Alabama. That has gotten Auburn, depending on the poll you look at in softball, inside the top 16 or just a spot or two outside of the top six, 16. So Auburn is knocking on the door of potentially hosting a regional and yeah. another series win. Uh, would be very important to try to do that. So that's coming up again, 445 airtime. So we're going to take this time out. We'll be back with a half hour of Sports Call. When we return, you're listening to the Friday edition of Sports Call right here on Tiger 95.9. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starting right now. Also the final hour, really final half hour of Sports Call today. And for the week, Tiger 95.9, Ryan LaVoy, Cam Berry with you here again coming up. At about 4.45 airtime for Auburn softball at South Carolina. What will Maddie Penta do next is the question around Auburn softball. She has been awesome this year. Back-to-back, I know it's know just, just thrilling for her. Back-to-back Sports Call Player of the Week awards. You know, it, it, uh, <laughs> A we, truly prestigious honor. We got the question earlier this week why she did not win SEC Pitcher of the Week this past week. It's because uh, the, the girl from Missouri threw a no-hitter ah, this past week. So that's what it takes to dethrone Maddie Penta as the SEC Pitcher of the Week. But – She's been tremendous and also just getting that timely hitting, getting enough power from that Auburn lineup. And uh, they're on they're on the cusp of being able to host regional. They are right on right that there. line. Yeah. So hopefully they can keep that momentum going. Uh, we're going to talk a few more draft items here, both Auburn and, and just kind of SEC-related. Um, 
with, I believe it was nine SEC picks going in the first round yeah. last night. Uh, you're going to see. Lower than I thought, honestly. Yeah, yeah I, I I think the over-under was like 10 or 11 on the on the prop bets I saw. Um, and, and a lot of that had to do with Levis, Levis. not being taken <laughs> yeah. and even maybe Hinton and Hooker right. Uh, right. if it had gone down that direction. Again, the mock drafts were all over the place. And, and granted, I look, you look at a lot of them, you're going to see some outliers. Like I saw one mock draft, talking to Brent yesterday on the show, that had Hinton and Hooker being drafted by the Bucks at 19. Hmm. And I was like, I like Hinton and Hooker. I don't know. I don't, know I don't, like I don't really there. think that makes sense for right. the Bucks. Right. Um that are trying to see what they have in Mayfield and might have to go complete rebuild. I don't know. Anyway, you guys the, are in purgatory. All, all, all sorts of things. Uh, but that not that making a whole lot of sense. They're, so or not purgatory, no man's land, really. Yeah, yeah, no, nothing about winning a Super Bowl in the last few years is purgatory. This yeah. whatever's about to come, even if it takes like a decade or two to get out right, of it, right. was was worth the two or three oh, year yeah, run. Absolutely, uh, the Bucks just had. But I think that. When we look at what's going to happen in round two, round three, there's some really good SEC guys and Auburn guys available. We expect Derek Hall to go pretty early in the second round, at least some point in the second round. You were talking about uh, some other guys like B.J. Ojolari, who I've always really liked out of LSU. Yeah. He could be a productive pro. I uh, wonder if Tank Bigsby can go in the third round tonight uh, and what that situation is going to look like. Running backs are always fascinating because – Again, the value – again, and we've talked a little bit about this with Bijan. Everyone values them differently. There's not a uniform um, – there's not a consensus on, on where running backs should start to go in a draft, where it runs out to where, right. you know, how many good running backs go in this amount of time. And there's often a lot of mid-round running backs that end up being flat-out starters for teams because yeah. – uh, they maybe get undervalued, or maybe that draft didn't. That draft kind of came together and didn't value the running back right. as much. So, uh, we've certainly seen that a lot of times. If I was smarter and did this uh, earlier, then I would have looked up the starting running backs in the NFL right now and where exactly they were taken. It would have taken a minute, but right. Uh, you know, there are decent find. I mean, just off the top of my head, um, Aaron Jones is like a fourth round pick. Um, Alvin Kamara, fourth round yeah. pick. Tyler Algier, even though he might not be the starter now, he, you know, and last towards the end of the season for the Falcons, he was a starter, fifth round pick. Yeah, I mean, thousand yard rusher. Yeah, period. thousand yard rusher, yeah. fifth round pick. So, Kareem uh, Hunt was Kareem pretty late. Hunt, pretty late as well. Um, yeah, a lot of guys that just under the radar because there's so many. And, and this class is still freaking deep at running back. Like, Really deep. I, I saw some really. I'm I'm looking at him right now. There's some really good names. Kendra Miller out of TCU. Really yeah, we've talked a lot about him in the playoff. Devin A. Chain, really good. Jack, or excuse me, Zach uh, Charbonnet, mm -hmm. really good out of UCLA. Tank Bigsby, who we already know, you know, as an Auburn, and he he has as an Auburn running back, extremely talented. Roshan Johnson out of Texas. Uh, they kind of had a two a two back system there, a two two uh two headed monster. Uh, Eric Gray out of Oklahoma, if that name doesn't sound familiar, he used to play for Tennessee. Yep. Um, and he was he actually torched Auburn a little bit a, a couple years back or a year back, and he's really, really good as well. And then you still have guys like Zach Evans out of Ole Miss, Deuce Vaughn out of Kansas State, Chris Rodriguez out of Kentucky, and Kenny McIntosh out of Georgia, and Sean Tucker out of Syracuse. So, I mean, a really deep running back class with a lot of talent um, with these guys. And, and um, 
and Muhammad Ibrahim, uh, who out of Minnesota, who was as productive as he got. Yes, extremely. And so, and he's not even, you know, he's 18th ranked at this point right now. Um, Probably won't get drafted. Right. It's insane because I definitely would have seen him getting drafted, but, you know, he had a couple injuries. So that, um, and he was out for uh, a season. I think he tore his ACL or something like that. So, um, you know, recovering from that is always tough, especially as a running back. But, man, I mean, just absolutely. Dwayne McBride. UAB. Oh, I love Dwayne. Right? Yeah, yeah. He's the ninth ranked running back still. Uh, Tajay Spears out of Tulane. Like it, it's it's an insanely deep running back class. There's so much talent. Um, so for I, I mean, there's no telling how how many of these guys is gonna go right. Um, and uh, I think a lot of these guys can be productive in the NFL. It's it's insane. Yeah. Thanks for bringing up McBride because got to watch him the last few years at UAB. And I can he was a physical monster. Yeah, His right, issue I mean, is he's got probably I'm just gonna go on a limb and say he has the worst fumble issue fumble of any of anyone <laughs> of anyone in the draft. Yeah, uh, uh, that is going Ball to be drafted as running back. But uh, a lot of it's because he he's been fighting for those extra yards and he just he just kind of bounces off of people yeah. and has a, kind of an upright style of running, which is not necessarily what. You'd love to see, but right. I mean, he just—I don't know—it's a lot to handle when he's coming at you. So, uh, yeah, that that running back class sounds again. There's going to be a couple of guys in that third to fourth to fifth round range that get picked. They end up being starting NFL running backs. It's, it's it, insane. It, it, it there had been a stat for a while, and I don't know if it, the trend got bucked or 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 what exactly became of it. But it was like coming into like two Super Bowls ago. And it was something absurd, like the the amount you were paying a running back was always like a million or a million and a half. Like it was never high paid running backs uh, as starting running backs on Super Bowl teams. And it makes right. sense from the standpoint of we've had a run of a lot of the elite quarterbacks being the one to lead teams here yeah. lately. I, I, I don't think it's a... I don't think you absolutely have to do it to get there. We were talking about this yesterday where there's been a lot of just respectable quarterbacks to at least get to a Super Bowl yeah. lately when you think of Jared Goff or, or Jimmy Garoppolo, that those type of guys. Uh, but it's certainly been a lot of elite quarterbacks winning them, uh, winning them lately. I think when I was trying to think about was Flacco like the last guy? Surely not the last guy, but the last guy where he was not considered an elite quarterback when they won. Um, I, again, my my super. I, I guess Manning was a name, but not in function anymore. When Denver right. won in fifteen, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But I mean, even the year before, Peyton had thrown like fifty touchdowns. I mean, he did, but by know? that year, he had trailed yeah, off so right. significantly, and he threw a bunch of picks that That's year. True. He couldn't get it beyond the numbers. Um, right. And so I I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is there is at least decent evidence that you don't have to take a running back too high that being said it seems like the teams that do they end up being respectable or decent because of them like when i think of someone like new york over the last few years the reason they've been watchable is because of saquon barkley right right and and, and the reason that tennessee became a respectable right. consistent team derrick is henry. because of derrick yep. henry so if you have the elite elite guys 
they do elevate you. I'm not sure that they elevate you from good to great, but they certainly elevate you from average to good or below average to average in the case of some of those guys. So I, I, I say all that. I hope Tank gets in a good situation where he's going to play. I think more than anything, whether it's third or fourth round, I think it's somewhere where he will be the first or second option. Probably not going to be first option, but second option somewhere yeah. from the get-go so that he does get some carries early on, and then he can hopefully break through that wall. Yeah. Um, surprised again, uh, and Jeff mentioned the surprise that Jameer Gibbs went 12 Very. to Detroit. Surprised they took the surprised. linebacker out of Iowa 18. Is it. that your least favorite draft team of the first round? Yeah, yeah, it, it really is because, I mean – it just it just doesn't make much sense if I'm being honest. What was honest. it they showed on, on less ESP? than one yeah. percent for both of those picks at that pick was, yeah. and it just made no sense. I, I feel like it was a bit of a reach um, for for both of those guys. Like I feel like you could have gotten, I feel like you could have got Gibbs in the second round, and and definitely could have got Campbell. But it's two positions of of little. Um, Need to, for yeah, them, need and value in general, and, and but definitely need considering, you know, the Detroit just gave um, the the David Montgomery a contract, right. and they still have DeAndre so, Swift. Because I was going to say, <laughs> let's say B. I know he probably wouldn't have been even if Atlanta had taken him, but right. what if Bijan been on the board at twelve? I still wouldn't have thought of Detroit no, as a team for Bijan. No, I would, and that's the point. Like they took the number two guy because the number one guy was gone, right, right. but all of us would have assumed they wouldn't have even taken the number one guy right. coming into draft night. So <laughs> that's why it's so confusing. And I think Jameer Gibbs will be great. I but, do too. But, <laughs> but what? That's not the need there. No, not at all the need there for Detroit because they they need to focus on defense. I thought they were going to get an edge. I thought they were going to go for. Excuse me, I thought they were going to go for somebody, you know, uh, around that, around there. And then, you know, you could have got the linebacker in the second round as well. So it's really, I'm not sure what they're doing. They seemed, I saw their video, they seemed very excited. Oh, everyone you is. You know, yeah. to, to get that pick. And they love Gibbs and okay, I, I, you know. Yeah, and cool. every NFL team loves it. Right. Pick. They picked them. Right. Out of exactly. everyone else, they picked them. Yeah, yeah. right. And, but just in terms of value, I have questions. Uh, uh, you know, I think Gibbs is really, really good. Um you know, I I don't I don't even think Alabama really util, utilized him to the fullest of his ability. Um, they used him as mainly like a, a pass catcher, and there were a couple games where he had over 200 rushing yards, and he still didn't rush as, as much as I feel like he could have or should have. Um, they had Bryce Young, so right. they they wanted to throw a lot. <laughs> yeah, they did. But also, if there was a world where Young was not in there, which to be fair, there was a couple games right. he was hurt. Right. If they wanted to treat him like Derrick Henry and give him like thirty five carries a game, they could have done that too. <laughs> they they would have been fine. Absolutely. So I think he will be successful, but that running back room is crowded. But I did see where they're talking. The team uh, and DeAndre Swift, Swift are are talking about potentially a trade or getting him out of there. So that'll open up the room for for Gibbs, and it'll be a, a two headed monster with Montgomery and Gibbs. Um, so that'll be interesting. And uh, I mean, that offense is looking pretty good for for Detroit. You know, they, they yeah, but yeah, it wasn't a problem last right, year. Right, it wasn't a problem last year. They were scoring like crazy. They just couldn't stop anybody. So again, that's where you're like, why didn't you go defense? And maybe wait a little later to get some offense because there's plenty of guys. I I get it. Gibbs is really good, 
But I think you could get the production with, that you're going to get from Gibbs with Tank Bixby. Don't shoot me, <laughs> but I kind of see that. Um, I, 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 I think they're both extremely talented. Uh, I think the pass catching for Jameer brings that a little bit more than, than yeah. Tank. But still. Tank, uh, Tank never looked comfortable right, trying to catch, catch passes. He, did. he just did not. But still, you know, if in terms of production, you know, it, it would have been there. So st- it's interesting. It's it's definitely uh, something to watch for. That was my least favorite moves for the draft. I think the Eagles got away with a couple steals um, when with Nolan Smith and, and Jalen Carter. So they had a good draft as well as the, the Seahawks had a good draft. Felt like, And I told you that. I felt like. Uh, Witherspoon was a little bit of an early pick, but still a good pick because pairing him up with Tariq Woolen and he had really good film, like you said, uh, Ryan, uh, that that corner, those two corners on both those those sides, that's going to be scary for sure. And a good a good foundation for their secondary. Um, But maybe they'll go D line, you know, or kind of early because they I think they have like the 39th pick or something like that so maybe they'll they'll probably take an edge I could probably see BJ Ojolari or even Derek Hall going there uh, making that move at the D-line because they do need a pass rush pretty bad one final timeout in the program today when we come back we'll wrap up the show for the day and for the week and get you set for Auburn softball when they take on South Carolina and Columbia again 445 air time for that stay tuned we'll wrap up the show right after this Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. I'm Corey Grant, former Auburn football and NFL running back, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger Final couple minutes of sports call today. Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Cam Barry with you here. Again, Auburn softball coming up in just a few minutes. Do a little abbreviated what to watch for over the weekend with more NBA and Stanley Cup playoffs. Of course, they'll be on the TV guide here in just a second, but I was looking at this with Cam beforehand. Seven of the eight opening round series in the NHL are at least to game six, which, by the way, you all have you, you can't be anything else than three to two if you get to game six. So they're all nope. three to two, but we'll see how many game sevens we get out of seven. Uh, it's been pretty Man. crazy in the National Hockey League. Only Las Vegas Hockey. Golden Knights ended it in prior than six games. They ended it last night in five. And then NBA, kind of the opposite of that. Only two series, or I guess three series, one concluded last night. Only three made it to game six. Atlanta did lose to Boston last night. Tonight, home court for the teams leading 3-2. to two. Golden State up first, and then the Lakers. Of course, if they both win, they will play each other. And if they do play each other, one last trip in the postseason for Steph Curry versus LeBron James. Not saying this is the last time right, they'll ever right. be in the postseason. LeBron's not retiring, and Steph still looks kind of in his prime, to be honest with you. Uh, but you just never know. And after a finals matchup of four consecutive years, everyone probably wanting anything other than that by the right. end, end of that. 
They'll now meet up. If they can get one more win each, they'll meet up in the postseason. And again, I just encourage, if you do watch some NBA playoffs, if you do like the sport of the NBA, uh, to enjoy that if it does occur because LeBron is clearly one of the great players of all time. Steph Curry has changed the game in a way that no one maybe has ever changed it uh, and the greatest shooter of all time. And and those two, it has been kind of their decade, their decade and a half. I mean, if it's, it's not been LeBron, least, it's been Steph. Yeah, if it's yeah. not been LeBron, it's been Steph. And, and so those two, if they do end up meeting, enjoy the hell out of that series because that will probably be the last time that they meet each other in the postseason. They'll have pretty even teams. Uh, they'll have teams that kind of underachieved throughout the regular season but got their groove on when it mattered most. Yep. Again, got to take care of business tonight. Uh, you know, Warriors at, at home in San Fran after winning a, a pivotal game five and Lakers after go, going up 3-1 did lose game five in Memphis. But, uh, it, again, those two, of course, are big brand franchises, but even still to have the stars that they have would be a very exciting second-round series. So that's a little bit of Sports Call, what to watch for over the weekend. Just a moment or two left in the showtime for a nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. Sports Call's nightly TV guide presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. NFL draft continues tonight a little bit earlier. They have a little less time to make their picks, but uh, so hopefully it won't be midnight. But Thank uh, you know, it went a little faster last night. Forgot to mention it that it, uh, it was almost midnight last year, but it was eleven o'clock last night. So great, great job! Yeah. It, it, four hours for thirty-one. Still picks. think they yeah. only need to make the time like three minutes. For a, <laughs> a little, little quick. And it's your number one overall. Like, just make your pick. Right. But so it will continue second and third rounds tonight before the the Saturday rounds. So 6 o'clock on both ABC Derek and... Derek Hall will be an Atlanta Falcon. I'm manifesting it. <laughs> on ABC to ESPN tonight, 6-10 on Bally Sports South. Big series for the Braves. Didn't talk about them today, but Braves at the Mets. First meeting for the teams. Braves lost a tough one yesterday. Trying to get back on track against the Mets. Braves currently with the two-game lead in the division, although a little bit early to be focusing too much on that. 6 o'clock, college baseball. Auburn and South Carolina on the SEC Network+. Plus. Auburn trying to get out in front of things here. And 6 o'clock, more college baseball, TCU and Texas. And then again, remind you of some of the NBA tonight. 7 o'clock, Golden State Warriors, Sacramento Kings. Game 6 at the Chase Center in San Fran. And then Game 6 at 9.30 from Crypto.com Arena. Not Staples Center, unfortunately. Lakers and the Grizzlies on ESPN. So ESPN's got both of those. And then the NHL games tonight, 6 o'clock, TBS, the Hurricanes and the Islanders. It's the Hurricanes that can close out the Islanders with win on the road. 6.30, Panthers have pushed Bruins to game six. That one will be in Sunrise as the Bruins have the best team in the regular season, but we'll have a game six at Florida. Uh, that one's 6.30 on TNT. 8.30 on TBS, Dallas Stars and Minnesota Wild. Dallas leads that one 3-2. And 9 o'clock on TNT, the Colorado Avalanche, the defending Stanley Cup champions. They're up against it, down 3-2. The upstart Seattle Kraken at 9 o'clock on TNT. Seattle can advance and win their first ever playoff series. And that is Sports Call's nightly TV guide presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. 
And that will do it for the show today. Cam, thank you for being here today and throughout the week. Hope you have a great weekend, sir. We'll see you next week. Yes, sir. I hope you have a great weekend as well, Appreciate, appreciate it, man. And, of course, we always appreciate you, the callers and the listeners, for tuning in and calling in today. We hope everyone has a great weekend. For Cam Berry, my name is Ryan LaVoy. Enjoy Auburn softball, baseball, and all the other sports this weekend, and we'll talk to you on Monday.